Coming up, what's next for Amanda Nunes after a dominating victory over Felicia Spencer? Did Conor McGregor just retire for the third time in two years? And the Bantamweights put on a show at UFC 250. The Fight Club podcast starts now. And now, from the News Hub studios in Auckland, it's time for the Fight Club podcast. G'day Fight fans, welcome to the Fight Club Podcast. I'm your host Brad Lewis. Not too far away, I will be bringing in my sparring partner Stephen Foote as we recap all of the goodness uh, and, and a couple of couple of not so good things about UFC 250, uh, including an interesting tweet from Conor McGregor at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. What is that all about, my man? We will discuss that in depth uh, in the coming moments. But first of all, remember, you can like and subscribe to the Fight Club podcast at iTunes or any of your favorite podcast apps, including Google Podcasts and Spreaker. We're all over the internet, all over the place is the Fight Club podcast. You can also check it out. Check us out, newshub.co.nz forward slash podcasts click on the fight club link and you'll be able to have a listen to all of our archive episodes if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do through uh the wonderful world of twitter just chuck me a dm at brad lewis nz that's at brad lewis nz if you've got a fight coming up or anything you'd like to promote be it pro wrestling or combat sports more than happy uh, to get you on the show to discuss that at brad lewis nz on twitter the fight club podcast with brad lewis and stephen foot okay as mentioned at the top of the show um um, an absolutely cracking card on Sunday, uh, aside from the main event, which wasn't really the fighter's fault. It's just the fact that Amanda Nunez is so much better than Felicia Spencer, which is what we found out on the weekend. But the question I need to pose to you, Footy, is what was the more impressive knockout? <laughs> Sean O'Malley or Cody Garbrandt? That's, that's tough. No, nah, actually, it's not that difficult because it has to be Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. There's not very often we see um, a one-punch walk-off. You know, walk-offs um, alone are few and far between. Correct. But a walk-off buzzer beater? I mean... I've never... Like, the, are there, so what other the examples only thing are I, there? The only example that I have for you is UFC 50, George St. Pierre and... Deep in the vaults. George St. Pierre and Matt Hughes won... George St. Pierre is going for a Kimura um, while he's on top um, of Matt Hughes. Round End of round one, there's literally like five seconds to go. Pulls for a Kimura, um, and Matt Hughes turns it into an armbar, gets the tap with one second on the clock. GSP taps out. Mm. And obviously, I think Demetrius Johnson put um, was it, uh, put, put um, Koji um, away, uh, Horiguchi away Horiguchi, with like one yeah. second or something That's left right. in the fifth round. But, but, but this, submissions but this are is a though. knockout, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I'm just being anal, right? So, so, like, as a as a as an MMA fan and someone who's watched pretty much every card that's ever been, that sort of stuff gets locked away in my memory as, as historic moments. But absolutely, buzzer beater where he just puts his hand back you against see the fence. For, uh, yeah, he loaded it, it up. Never takes his eye off Hafeala Sansao and just launches this like baseball pitch from Nam that completely like. I thought of Sunsau's life was in danger. It was from the depths of hell, wasn't it? He was in all sorts of trouble. And you mentioned the submission buzzer beaters, but you need the buzzer to go off. Yeah. You don't get that with the with the tap out, do you? Yeah. So, you know, hearing that buzzer just, just right after he clipped him, really, and he was going to the ground, um, I mean, it was spectacular. It was, it was one of those awesome. jump out of the seats, man, I love MMA. Um, and yeah, and coming off the Sugar Shaw knockout, we're like, wow, I mean, you know, it's a huge showcase for Bantamweights, that card, clearly. And... After seeing Sugar Sean, you thought, wow, what other 
what better statement could you possibly make? No Correct. one else is going to make a, a statement as emphatic as that. And then Cody Garbrandt is all like, you know, hold my beer. Aljamain Surly did a pretty good job of it well, as well. Well, that was his, also a hold choke. my beer. He was he was holding my beer moment too because, look, arguably he had the toughest out because he had to beat, you know, Corey Sanhagen, who's, who steamrolled through, like, the division himself. And... This, and that fight, in terms of stakes, had the most stakes on it, where the mm. winner's getting a, a, the, the, the first shot at either Aldo um, or Peter Yan later in, in the year, um, depending on who wins that fight. But, I mean, Aljamain Sterling was super impressive. and, it, and but, but as you rightly tweeted, Sean O'Malley comes out, and given the fact that technically it was just beautiful and perfect, and, like, Wineland was out before he hit the ground, man. That dude was out cold. Mm. And... Um, just just a beautiful knockout with the fake the sort of um, the feint and then the the, the right hand right on, hand. on on mm. right on the jaw and you're right and then I think you tweeted um, you know uh, <laughs> Sean O'Malley where's my 50 G's Cody Garbrandt hold my beer bro like and that's exactly <laughs> like that, uh. that's exactly what Cody did and then for Aljamain Sterling to come out um, well obviously it was, it was before that fight but his performance was unbelievable as well and um, he steamrolled steamrolled Stan Hagen that was so impressive I mean yeah those guys are no joke those zero guys on the ground. And he, he knew once they went to the ground that, and once he got those hooks in, that it was all over for Sanhagen. Um, and, and yeah, and Sugar Sean and Garbrandt, you don't often see two. I mean, have we ever had two walk off KOs on the scan card as well? I, I don't think so. And, mm. and, and look, another point to this, and we will get to the main event, guys. Um, we will, and, and thank you for joining us. As, as a side as, note to this as card, per, but it was anti climax. Do, you know, do you know what's interesting about this for me is that um, the UFC, you know, is, is how stacked the UFC bantamweight division is because Aldo, Moraes, and Yan weren't even fighting on the card, and you've got the likes of, of Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber hanging around as well. But what what this fight did for me was, it's like, do we really need Henry Cejudo? Because it, it was literally made three stars. Cody Garbrandt, you could argue, almost already a star, right? Former champion. But but given the run that he was on, this was a make-or-break fight for him. But but the UFC legitimately created two stars um, on Sunday and Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling. Everyone's going to want to see those guys fight again. Now everyone's interested to see the, the the reinvention of Cody Garbrandt as a fighter because that's not the same Cody Garbrandt that we're used to that got stuck in a firefight with Pedro Munoz and got knocked out by a guy that he should beat 99 times out of 100. Um, I thought his performance was excellent against a, a tough out in Hafala Sunsau. Um, Bantamweight it had the opportunity to, to, to stand out and they showcased... Um, you know, six really exciting fighters. And on the undercard, you had Chase Hooper and Alex Caceres as well. And Caceres showing that, you know, he's no gatekeeper, man. Like, he's beating mm-hmm. the young up-and-comer, and he's a tough out, speaking of, of tough outs as well. But just just amazing that on the heels of the retirement of the biggest name in the division, all these guys come out and say, we don't need you, Triple C, yeah. because we can, we can dominate this division as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went into this card thinking, man, I mean – this is the ideal opportunity to make another star for at bantamweight with 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 Cejudo walking away and yeah like you said they made a few of them yeah um, I mean Dana would be I mean how happy would be absolutely frothing with the results of the cards um, with with how things went and how emphatic it, it was for all of them and man I mean there's so many options now at bantamweight all the amazing fights you could make you know you could you could you chuck a could you just go straight Cody Sugar Shaw now um, you could Cody Cody talking about in the post fight fight presser getting that back against TJ Gillespie who's another 
potential star who's going to be coming back to bantamweight in the very near future. Um, yeah, there's so many options there. And it's interesting. I think they'll go the Conor McGregor route with Sean O'Malley, and, and people think they, they rush, shouldn't rush him. But they, they people always say, oh, they rushed Conor McGregor. They didn't rush him, man. Like he beat Marcus Brimage, he beat uh, Max Hall. A lot of people do really? believe he was like handpicked opponents, but he wasn't. Marcus Brimage I mean, he clearly wasn't. He, he beat, destroyed. He them. beat Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, Dennis Siva, Diego Brandel. Like he beat mm. a list of guys before he got to um his first marquee fight was really I guess the Chad Mendes I mean, dude, fight. They gave him freaking Dennis Siva and, and Brandel. Yeah, you know, t- like, I mean they were taking the yeah, time with with Connor. Yeah, they 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 absolutely took their time. I mean Max Holloway was a second fight in the UFC. That's before Max was that, Max. That was different Max. You know, and Dustin Poirier was his first big fight. Take the time. 19. You do not need to give Sean O'Malley Cody Garbrandt right now. You're you right. can you can give right. you can give him a, a, you could probably give him Uriah Faber. Right, so that, that as, as as a testing point, because look, Faber's never going to win a title again, right? That has passed him by. Um, or even a, a young, um, the 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 Gong is it? The um, Yada Song, yeah. I think, the guy that fights out of Team Alpha Male for for Sean O'Malley. Just yeah, Dong. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dong. Just give him a guy that's sort of on the brink of con- on contendership because he's he didn't have a number next to his name before um Sunday. He will obviously, I would imagine, now um come come rankings time, be ranked in the top fifteen. It'd have to be, but you don't. You definitely do not need to rush um, no, Sean O'Malley, don't. and he'll want the fight. But but you know, give him another fight against the guy in the between ten and fifteen, and then you want to start matching him up against the likes of a of a Garbrandt or a Marin Moraes or someone like that. Yeah. Well, from what I with him last week, it doesn't seem like he's in any rush, right? No. He seems very patient. Twenty seven, man. You know, he's, plenty of time. Exactly. And uh, I saw someone put throw the name Rob Font out there. I kind of like that. Yeah. That's... Just someone who's sort of top fifteen. Yeah. Sugar Sean. I don't think he was even ranked before. He wasn't. Um, obviously, he had the big two-year layoff with the suspension. Um, but man, what a comeback he's making! And yeah, bantamweight definitely one of the best divisions at the moment. Which is crazy because you know, like uh, when Triple C held the title there, it was like who oh, yeah. is there left for him people, to fight? Yeah, people he's, were kind of done with it. They yeah, were a bit bored, and, and I think, they? and I wonder. If Triple C sitting back in his uh, Palacio Palace, chilling out with his new hot girlfriend, if he's sitting back and wondering, man, like there's some fights here that I have not had yet that I that mm. I that I or maybe fancy. he saw those coming and he thought, hey, I'll go out of my shield before I have to deal with these. Which things. is what a lot of the guys have said mm. is that you know he saw the writing on the wall that the Aljamain Sterlings, the Peter Yans, the Sean O'Malley's. You know, even I guess the Jose Aldos were were um were next up for him, and and maybe, you know, I mean, took the dominant cruise route. No, no joke. Obviously, greatest bantamweight in history, but got that job done pretty quickly, and and obviously has ridden his horse off into the sunset. Yeah. But I wonder if this may tempt him to to say, actually, you know what, man, maybe retirement's not for me. Maybe I kind of hope not, to be honest. I mean, let's just move on. And what do you think about Garbrandt next? Because you know, is is it naturally not straight sure. into Morais? Oh, that's a that's a fight that I saw thrown out, but mm. um, potentially. Uh, and the thing you got to remember about Garbrandt is he beat a lot of those guys to get to the where he got to when he beat Dominic Cruz. I mean, what about Dominic Cruz next for Garbrandt in a rematch? Or, um, yeah. I mean, you, you know, TJ Dillashaw is not that far from coming like back. Let's too. not forget that guy. Like he's obviously on this two year suspension. I think he's back in January. Um, so that's not that far away in the MMA world. You, you've got to get him back. You want yeah. Garbrandt in there again? I think. Co- correct. Correct. So so I mean. If Dominic Cruz wants to fight again, do you run that back? Or, or um, uh, you know, he's obviously not going to fight anyone from Team Alpha Male, but, um, you know, yeah. Um, well, well, given what, where Marais is in the maybe, division, maybe, I mean, that's, maybe Sanhagen. Maybe, it, maybe Sanhagen for. Yeah, for, yeah. For, um, no, I don't mind that. Yeah, or like given the fact that Caceres came off a win, do you 
give Garbrandt another testing matchup against a guy that's not going to test his chin in Caceres, I think he could certainly survive the um, the power of Caceres. Because um, the, the chin of Garbrandt is now the question mark, right? Getting knocked out three times in 18 months, um, twice by TJ Dillashaw, once by Pedro Munoz, not, a, not not great for him. He has had an 18-month layoff since mm. since that time, and his hair looked great. He was... Um, he. <laughs> I forgot how quick that guy was. Like, so fast. So fast. I mean, Asuncio had no answer, and he was just killing him with the counter every shot. Even that last one that put him away was like, was a counter. Um, he just couldn't hang with him at all. And if he can keep that sort of momentum going, it's it's sort of standout speed, even for a light, even for a lighter weight class. We a bit like bantamweight. We we're used to seeing these guys who were just electrifying in terms of their pace. So yeah, man. I mean, there's options out there for Garbrandt, but I think Marias is kind of like a bit of a golden ticket for a lot of these guys. Now we're trying to look to get into that title pitch because we know he's beaten Aldo. If Aldo beats Jan and comes through, then that, that's almost a guy who's going to make the next content, the next natural contender. Yeah, well, I think I think that... Um, and Marais has beaten Al Jermaine Sterling, right? So um, yeah. in a second UFC fight, knocked him out cold. And he's ranked number one, gets passed by for a title fight, which was which was interesting to say the least. Um, you know, and, and so where does he sit now? Maybe it is, maybe it is Garbrandt versus Marais, but I'd like to see Garbrandt given... Um, another tester before he gets back to the absolute elite of yeah, the I division. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, elsewhere on the card, look, I'm sorry about my predictions, guys. Alonzo Menafield did not get the job <laughs> done against Evan Clark. I still think that dude has like a lot of potential and has ridiculous power, but has zero gas tank. Clark really bought, bought the fight to him um, and, you know, took that O away. Uh, Clark, just a journeyman, really, at, at, at light heavyweight, has swapped wins and losses over the course of his six fights. UFC career, first time he's gone back to back, so not a not a great sign to the to the future of Menafield. But if if he um if he can work on on that cardio, I still think he's dangerous. I know that you um you know like uh, that that you questioned my my uh, my no. my assertion that he could be a future light heavyweight champion, and maybe I was a little bit uh, too quick on the trigger with that one. But hey, watch the space on Menafield. How I old still, is he? He's still young. He's in his early twenties. I still oh, yeah. like what I see, um, and you can't teach power, and he has power and he messed up Devin Clark's face something chronic you can't nail them all Brad I can't nah Nah. Macy Barber's still winning a UFC title (laughs) she's good man she's good Um, alright so main event uh, look Felicia Spencer tough as nails kind of went exactly the same way that the cyborg fight went where she was just out of her league but she's tough enough and and skillful enough to be able to to hang in there with, with the elite but certainly not threaten at no point did amanda nunez look in trouble she started smiling after about two minutes of the first round where she knew there was nothing that felicia spencer could offer Caught her with a literal first shot of the of the of the fight correct and you didn't see nunez smile like that in the Duranda may fight because she knew that she was in there with someone that could actually knock her lights out at any at any point in that fight so Nunez um, uh, now goes to 11 straight wins, uh, has beaten the very best fighters in the world, and with a baby, her partner Nina is um, Nina, the former Nina Ansaroff, now Nina Nunez, um, is due because um, they did get married, is, is due to give birth in September. Has she I taken believe. the Nunez name? She has, so she's um, she's due to get married in September. Uh, cool. Get get uh, have a baby in September. Um, so maybe Nunez takes takes that time off now, chills out at home with the wife, and um, waits for uh, the, the new child to be born. 
want to think they're having a son um, and, and then waits to see what happens uh, you know like um, maybe Aspen Ladd if she wins her next fight could be a potential contender she, she's come with a lot of lot of um, uh, kudos but yeah like I, I don't know she, I, I'm assuming that bantamweight is her next defense but maybe it's next year after she takes some time off and wait wait for these guys to, to sort of mm. and this is the problem we have right now with two dominant well you know there's three divisions dominated by two women. Um, so you've got Valentina Shevchenko, who's absolutely dominating um, the flyweight division. Um, you've got um, Nunez, who absolutely dominates bantamweight and featherweight. And of course, you've got Weili Zhang. And there's a list of contenders at strawweight that I think can really compete for that title. Um, you know, um, So that, that title, not so much. But arguably, those two have cleaned out their divisions. And given the fact they've fought twice and Nunez has, has, has beaten her twice... Um, the second time controversially um, in terms of what, what people thought what, do we just go back to that fight is that is that the fight we want to make now given that they are clearly the two best female mixed martial artists on the planet and sorry they, mister did you say Anderson Shev, Shevchenko, Shevchenko oh yeah. right uh, yeah I, don't, I feel like this uh, is the not, ideal not time. Not Megan Anderson, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- this, this does feel like the ideal time. If you're going to go and have a baby, this is the time to do it. Let's let a new contender emerge, a legitimate one, why the, rather than us just trying to scramble to create someone um, who we think can challenge her because that's kind of what we did with Felicia Spencer. And, I mean, that was just, you know, egregious mismatch. That was, Correct. you know, a, she barely threw a shot. She, she barely offered any form of offense whatsoever um and, and the, you have to ask questions about this division man well that featherweight like, that that featherweight division is only six fighters deep there's six fighters on that and and mm-hmm. megan anderson is the only other person that's currently riding a win streak in that we don't class. need it we don't need it we're di- diluting the woman's talent pool exactly you know these guys can cut down to featherweight and um i'll be interested to see what what they do with it um man but nunez no one's touching her at that weight class especially none of the the, the current fighters um, uh, yeah, I, so I, I, think, I think Shevchenko is her only match. Yep, yeah. And because she's able to stand with her and not get hit because she's that good at avoiding the punishment and she can hang with her on the ground. I, I, don't think, I just don't think she's going to have the power to trouble her. And when she feels Nunez's power, it's going to be, whoosh, you know, you, you heard them talking about it during the broadcast I get that, but she's, there's nothing that Nunez can bring to her that's new because she spent eight rounds in the octagon with her. So she already knows mm-hmm. what that power feels like. And those eight rounds were extremely competitive. She is the only person... Uh, since Katzenganu beat um, Amanda Nunez six years ago, that has been able to to do any any sort of damage to Nunez. And Nunez has improved a lot since then. Uh, you absolutely. Know? You know, the the look used to be you can get her in those later rounds, but man, she looked really fresh in the third and fourth and fifth, which probably shouldn't have gone ahead. You know, we get back to that throwing in the towel discussion. It was pretty tough to watch after the third round, which was almost a 10-7. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute beatdown. And it was it was interesting to hear DC say something along the lines of, well, no, we, we, can't, throw, we can't throw the towel in yet because Spencer hasn't really taken any legitimate damage, you know, any, any clear damage here. We can't, we, you know, it's premature to, to chuck it in. But do we really need to get to that point where someone's like yeah. genuinely no, really don't. badly hurt before? Is that going to be the, the, the watermark? Like it needs to be a lower standard and... You know, the fighters will always tell you, hey, let me fight, let me go out on my stool. But man, her corner didn't do her any favors there. And, you know, she was fortunately the, the fight went to the ground for most of the fifth round because I think, you know, there was, the, the beatdown was going to continue. It was going to become an even more sort of yikes, what are we doing here with the with the lack of what towels? But how, how did you read that situation? In the fight, yeah. she couldn't win it. Um, I know, thought her Dean could have shot there in that third round. A couple of those offensive. I think he wanted to. There were times when when Herb yeah. felt like he should step in, but you know g- gave the fighter the best chance. Or a couple of tidbits before before we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, um, 
uh, Dana White on the Talk the Talk podcast with uh, Eddie Hearn, which is a great listen, actually. Eddie Hearn and Tony Bellew are interviewing uh, Dana White on uh, Wednesday or Thursday last week. Uh, Fight Island sounds like the first fight on Fight Island will be on June the 28th, New Zealand time, um, which is really interesting. I think that could even be the Hooker Poye uh, card, or maybe that's the Was Ju- that July. Yeah, that's the July card. That's been confirmed now, right? Um, that was confirmed over the yeah, weekend. Maybe that's, Dana maybe that's July that. 7th, I think, um, yeah. for, for Hooker and uh, for Hooker, for Hooker and, and Poye. So um, that looks to be uh, the first Fight Island card around June the 27th or 28th, according to Dana. Um, so look out for that. Um, can't wait for Fight Island, man. It's going to be cool. And Dana's said he is losing big money on Fight Island. It's cost him an absolute fortune, mm. but it's going to make it a lot easier for him to fly in and out international fighters um, where he doesn't have to worry about border control. Yeah, just give us some details already. It's I, coming. I need to hear more. It's coming. I want to see. I want he, to see the vision. He said at the post-fight presser that that news will be dropped on Wednesday or Thursday US time this week, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, keep up with News Hub for all your latest MMA uh, news. Um, Conor McGregor. Uh, we spoke about. I guess we jo- have to do we, this, we, don't we? We do for look. It's we do, and and look. Um, John Jones, of course, tweeted last week that he's retired, and Jorge Masvidal came out and said, "Unless you give me the money I deserve, or actually the money that I got for the Nate Diaz fight, then I don't want to get fight." And I actually agree with him when he says that, because um, why is he worth any different depending on who he fights? But Conor McGregor coming out um, pretty much at the uh, at the final bell of the Nunez fight, just looking for a, little, a few extra likes on his um, Instagram or something, saying that he was walking away for the sport and retired. He then was interviewed by. ESPN shortly afterwards and said that he's just very, very frustrated with the fight negotiations that he's going through at the moment. None of the fights that have been proposed to him excite him. Um, and uh, he said the opponents that he, he, do, he does that, that want to fight and want to get paid too much money and they don't deserve it. And basically, uh, he he's just done with the negotiations and he feels that he's done everything he needs to do and he's walking away. Is that legit? No. No, it's not, clearly. I mean, it's the third time in the last four years he's tweeted something like that. And it's come right in the midst, as you just mentioned, of him trying to negotiate a new fight and, you know, the the money coming off that. But, I mean, grain of salt, man. I can't take these these threats seriously, even though he did go on that. He's, he's spoken with Hawani, um, recording this Monday morning about his frustrations. Um, you know, it's not going to happen. Let's be honest with ourselves, but it's a shame that you know we're in an environment where we kind of do have to report on all these sorts of things that and come it, off tweets. But. And the interesting thing for me is before day uh, before um, Connor came out and said this on the Talk the Talk podcast with Eddie Hearn, uh, he was asked about Connor Connor McGregor Dana White was, and he said if I was Dana, I would sit back and wait wait for the Gaethje Nurmagomedov winner and fight the winner of that. We'll give him a lightweight title fight if that's what he wants. He just has to wait for the winner of the Gaethje Nurmagomedov fight. And you know, obviously Connor is keen to. to to, to not have any of that ring rust around him given that he hasn't been that active for the last three years and, and wants to get a fight with either Muzzle. I think he I think he wants the Kamara Usman fight and I don't think the UFC want to give him that fight. Yeah. That's that's what I think is going on right here. And I think uh, I think you can look at the links between what like Masvidal's frustrations because I don't think he's getting the fight that he wants and I think Connor is angling for this Usman fight. He wants to be the first guy to win three titles in three different weight classes. Horrible matchup for him, Kamara Usman. <laughs> yeah, unless really Usman bad. unless for some reason Usman's stupid enough to try and stand I with see Connor. Why he want that fight. Uh, it's so strange. I mean, that, he doesn't have the pulling power either. Correct. Usman. And, and and I don't, I just I think that's the fight that he wants. 
wants, and I don't think he's getting that fight. And um, you know, he's probably been offered the Nate Diaz fight or mm. whoever. I know that Anderson Silva came out and said he'd like to fight Connor, and um, that's a fight that I guess would get a few fans interested. But I mean, you know, like it doesn't really float my boat. I don't really want to see a forty-two-year-old, forty-four-year-old <laughs> Anderson Silva beat up no a way. a much smaller Conor McGregor. But yeah, um, they're at, they're at some sort of complex impasse here, aren't they? And I guess that's the trouble when you're sort of switch, mix, uh, mixing and matching all these guys from different divisions all the time. You're throwing in a whole other BMF title, quote unquote. Um, I don't really know how much guys value that, but I mean, he'll he'll get there eventually. It's a shame when you because we, we we had so many high hopes for how you know he came out at the beginning of the year talking about the season you know yeah. 2020 is a season for him he's going to get four fights in and I'm still hopeful that he at least get another two this year. COVID's kind of put pay to that though. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Maybe we would only get one more, but you know he's got those fights left on his contract anyway. Mm. Um, he's going to have to fight them. Um, so yeah, I'm not reading too far into it, Brad, and I'm still feeling pretty confident that we'll, we'll see some more Connor this year. All right, remember, guys, you can uh, keep up with all your mixed martial arts news at newshub.co.nz. You can uh, follow the Fight Club podcast at iTunes or any of your favorite podcast apps, uh, newshub.co.nz forward slash podcast for all our archive episodes. You just click on the Fight Club link. Uh, We will be back in seven days' time. Plenty of stuff around uh, for you to enjoy over the course of the next seven days. But until then, we will see you next time. Kokite.